Are you a grow-getter? In this episode, I speak with the founders of Grow-Getters because it's now or never for so many women around the world. Let's get future-proof. They want to inspire women to stop and reflect and ask, am I happy? Does this place serve me? What I'm doing right now, does it serve me? Grow-Getters are empowering women to be future-ready through skill-building and community. For links and related episodes, check out the show notes on balancingcultures.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter for bonus content, free of course. And if you like what you hear and want to support me, you can leave me a tip through Buy Me a Coffee, link on the website. But let's go ahead and start the conversation with Tiffany and Tanya of Growgetters. I'm Megan Kitchen, and this is Balancing Cultures. So welcome, Tiffany and Tanya, to Balancing Cultures. Thank you so much. Thank you. So today we're going to look at what you have created to help people in the workplace future-proof themselves. But before we dig in, I'd love for my audience to get to know who you are, where are you from, where are you now, and maybe something fun about getting from there to here. I can I can kick off if you want. Go for it. So my name's Tiffany Hart, and I am the co-founder of of, uh, of Growgetters. And I'm originally from Australia, so a very small town called Bermagui, which is south of Sydney, five hours south of Sydney. And um, we are, or I am, we are also living in Munich now, so the same as you. Mm-hmm. And what brought me here? So a fun fact. Working as the co-founder of Growgetters, I also work as a consultant for a communications agency here in Munich. And the fun fact of why I got to Europe was I started a startup in 2012-13 and that got accepted into a big business business accelerator program. And I had um, three weeks to make a decision uh, to, uh, sorry, three weeks to pack everything up in my whole life in Australia and move to Amsterdam. So it was a very fast shift. And I told my family, "Um, I'm coming back in three months, maybe six months max. And now it's nearly eight years. So it's, that was the reason why I came to Europe and then coming down to Munich is really because of a job that I got and also my fam, my, my husband's from Munich originally. So fun fact, it was a really quick move and uh, I've been here now for eight years. And then there's Tanya. So let's get hey. to know you. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having both of us. Um, of so my name is Tanya Gama. And, uh, oh, I, I said it wrong. No, not <laughs> at all. I'm, hello, I'm living in Germany. It's Tanya here. It's Tanya. It's Tanny. It's Tanya. It's whatever you want it to be. Um, absolutely fine. Uh, yeah, so I am also living in Munich, uh, like everyone present today. I'm from Melbourne, Australia, um, but I've also lived in a few other places, Sydney, London, Dusseldorf as well. And uh, what brings me here? Okay, well, I quit a job in 2012 and uh, with a very, very clear plan in place to travel through South and Central America and then make my way to New York to work. And I had this plan very, very set in stone and I was very excited about it. This was a big dream to work and live in Manhattan. And uh, on day one of this big, big trip, 
through the Americas, I came across a six foot four man <laughs> who uh, I thought, wow, he's quite a dish. And this man, uh, fast forward almost 10 years later, is my husband and he is a German and we have two German-Australian children. And there you go. The second you said, I had a plan, I knew there was going to be a catch. There's something about putting that in a story that you go, I have a feeling that didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, totally. But I mean, I there's no regrets, honestly. Everything happens for a reason. And, uh, you know, life here is pretty amazing. I can't complain. Munich is great. So I know from listening to podcasts you've been on and getting to know you through your social media that you two met here, a wonderful story of hearing each other's accents in a coffee shop. And we're going to get to that. Or maybe we should get to that. <laughs> Tell me about the connection. <laughs> you want to start the love story? story? <laughs> the love story. Thanks. Um, I uh, was attending a coffee shop and uh, they're, they're known for good coffee. So it's very important as a Melbourneian, coffee is like a religion to us. So that was muy importante to find good coffee places in Munich. You were just making note. this so multicultural right now. Yeah. <laughs> Going in some Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> So a a young lady came over to me and asked me, are you Australian? And I said, yeah, yeah, I am. And then we got to talking and shared stories and we just got along really well from the get-go. And we realised also, oh, we're in kind of similar industries as well. Mm -hmm. We've got kind of some similar skill sets, really complementary skill sets. And the very first thing I thought was, well, we get along really well as friends. There's no doubt. We'll, I'll definitely be seeing this lady again soon. But there was also a potential position open at the communications agency that I work for. And I, yeah, I, I, I thought she would make a great fit for the team. So I got her an interview or talked to my, my lady boss. And uh, yeah, and the rest is history. So it was friendship at first sight. Yes. Yeah. There was an instant connection. I guess I shouldn't say first sight, first listen. It was like you heard the accent and you just knew. Yeah. I heard, I heard Tan talking in German, but with her thick Aussie accent. And I just knew, I knew from a distance that she was from Australia and I have no Aussie connections at that time. I didn't know a single Australian. So Tan was the first person that I met from Australia. So it was really special to, to connect with her. And, uh, and of course, Having having very similar backgrounds, but also very complementary skills, we we instantly hit it off, and we basically um, yeah. So the, the the connection really started. I think what's really interesting is that once we started working together, that's when we really knew that we really gelled and that our skills really fit well. So we would work on projects together and equally we'd bring our energy and inspiration together, and we would create something bigger and better than we would individually. So um, from that moment, I think what was really exciting was that we were sparring off each other, reading similar things, reading similar articles, similar books, and just really generally kind of growing and learning as a team unconsciously. What was cool from that, we thought, okay, well, that we, there is something in this. There is something in this collaboration that we have. So we, we fully believe 
collaboration over competition completely. And so mm. we thought, okay, there must be something bigger from what we are doing here, you know, generally at work and also outside of work. And so that's where this kind of idea started to spark for us yeah. to work together. And I, I think on on top of that, it was pretty clear at the outset that we had very, very similar values. So mm. when it comes to how we want to work, when it comes to our family life, our friendships, what we want out of life, our, our general life goals, what the things that are important to us, everything clicked into place. So that was another cherry on top together with the actual things we were good at and our skill sets. So everything gelled really well from the from the get-go. Do you think some of that is that you come from this common culture of Australia, even though you're from different, um, do you call them states? No. Mm-hmm. Yes. States. One's from yep. New South Wales, one's from Victoria. Because you're both Australian, do you feel that that's where some of the common ground came from? Yes and no. Um, (laughs) because I, I don't think it's all there is, um, you know, at at being expats, you can meet other Australians around the world and you simply just are not on the same wavelength or you could meet, for example, you know, I have German friends here who I totally get and who totally get me and have a really good sense of humor. Um, but I think definitely being from the same place, um, helped, and having that, you know, general sunny disposition and a, a pretty good sense of humour, don't take ourselves so seriously, you know, all the Australian cliches, they are pretty true with us. And, you know, we might be from New South Wales and Victoria, but really Australia is very homogenous. There's not big differences um, between the states and we're both from the eastern seaboard, as, as you would call it, the east coast. So it's very similar mindsets, really. I'm going to get a few Australian listeners, of course, clapping back at that comment that everyone, <laughs> that the state is, you know, there's going to be a few that go, oh, no, the Melbourneites <laughs> are going to be like, oh, Sydney, those people. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some, yeah, no, that, that, okay, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm talking generally here, but yeah, I yeah. think we, we both, uh, I think are also just very down to earth and it came down back to values and, and family values and, and what we really want. So what about you, Tiff? What do you think? I, I generally believe the same. I think, you know, Tan is uncomplicated and so am I, and we're not so dramatic and so quite pragmatic and I think similar similar dispositions, similar mindsets, similar values, I think that's what's kind of connected us. And, and yeah, I think if we were different on a personality level, we were also, you know, generally outgoing people and, you know, willing to have a good conversation with ourselves or with other people, friendly. The, these are definitely kind of uh, character traits that we both share and uh, that definitely has helped, you know. Because if one is one is a little bit different, of course it could work. But um, you know, we just spark of each other very much, and yeah. And it's nice that you also got to experience each other in the workplace. Because I think sometimes we can be a different person or a different version of ourselves in the workplace, and then also experiencing that kind of life together, the workplace life together. You start to understand those values as well, and so you two were working together. You were bonding in many ways, inside and outside of work, and you decided to start this business together called Grow Getters. 
The question I have is, how did your either individual or collective experience with workplace culture motivate you to start this? That's a great question, Megan. I I think that at the very, very outset, we intended Grow Getters to be a creative outlet for us. So somewhat of a passion project and a vehicle actually to showcase our our knowledge and skills and and maybe boost our own thought leadership um, and our own personal brand in our industry. That was the original intention because we do a lot of that work for our clients. That is a lot of the work we're already doing for others. And we wanted to apply the knowledge that we had accrued uh, in our through our careers to our own personal brands and developing something together. But it always had a very clear purpose. Um, we knew we wanted to create something that spoke to women, um, mm-hmm. that spoke to women like us, so predominantly millennial women. And the genesis of Grow Getters really came about because we had been reading a bunch of articles in the in the newspapers. So there was a couple that really kind of shocked us. Um, one was an article about the the biggest growing group of homelessness in Australia and I think much of the Western world is in fact older women Mm. and uh, so women I think baby boomer age women so women Mm. over 55 or so and that really shocked us and and then the other piece that kind of clicked everything together was McKinsey brought out a study a couple of years ago uh, that was all about the fundamental need for women across the world to upskill in the age of automation, which is the age that we're in right now. You know, we're in a continuous digital revolution. And these two things came together for us and we thought, geez, it's so important for women to keep upskilled, to maintain relevance and knowledge um, so they can really create a career or a business or whatever whatever it is they want to do with a longevity and to safeguard themselves and protect their futures. You know, I I read that article about homelessness and I was like, I, that will not be me. I, I don't want that to be me. And I think this was the, the kindling of the fire that was kind of burning within us. Yeah. And uh, I think for us at the time, as Tan was mentioning, that it was also this passion project, but also you know, a, a way for us to explore new skills, things. And as we evolve and as we grow and as the world evolves, you need to continually evolve your own skills. So the reason why we went into podcasting was, okay, this is a great a, a great way for us to bring our presentation skills, our writing skills, our writing chops, and put it into a, a format which was at that time and still, but at that time, really a kind of a growing, a growing space. And so we kind of rode that wave of podcasting um, and the podcast was launched in Jan 2020, so just pre-pandemic. So it was like a perfect time for us to get it online unawares we were. So yeah, so it was really an interesting thing for us and also from us learning a new skill, literally doing everything ourselves. So Googling everything, figuring out everything, asking every contact that we have to help us, you know, figure out what to do to make this a successful thing. We fully focused on that one skill and we tried to really master that skill and do it well before we started to think, okay, this could be more. There, There is more here. People are liking what we're doing. People are following 
our message or, or the topics are resonating with people. It's, it's evident in the downloads. We, we got um, um, quite, quite soon in our journey, you know, top, top 10, top 20 in the careers podcast charts in specific locations, uh, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Philippines, and also in Europe, um, across Europe. So it was really exciting to see that the message was resonating. And for that, we started to go deeper and deeper into podcasting and really figure out how we could make our processes quicker, sharper, faster. And we're still on that journey. But it was the point where we saw that there was such a demand and such an interest after we also did these um, in-person events and public speaking that we realized, okay, that, that we need to do something further for our audience and we can serve them in, in further ways. And I want to get into some of the new things you're doing, but first I want to explore some of kind of your vocabulary that you use. And one is grow getters. So you set out to basically provide content for people like you, women in the industry, yeah, women in business. But who are Growgetters now? Is it who you expected it to be? That is a great question again. <laughs> and and one, you guys are so flattering. <laughs> and and one actually we are constantly discussing and and evolving. I think what we originally intended grow getters to be like a grow getter yeah. is we see them in three different categories and we are also becoming even more clear on that but originally from the outset it was the career climber the the lady that wants to really rise in the ranks in her career and do great great stuff get the next promotion be in a really good position in, in her company in her corporate and um, have a really sustainable career or a growth career then we had the side hustler so someone who sees that there is more and realizes oh well I I might be in a different stage in my life where I need to diversify or I just want to diversify my current output what I'm doing for work and I see that there are more possibilities like I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket. I'm going to see that there are also other possibilities to have multiple income streams or earn money in different ways outside of my current job. Maybe I go down to 20 hours. Maybe I do 30 hours and do something on, on the side. So that person which we have coined that side hustler or wannabe side hustler, there's kind of two niche segments there, they're kind of like this multi-hyphenate, this kind of portfolio careerist. And then we have the solopreneur, someone who is really out on their own doing it themselves with maybe potentially people supporting them uh, on a freelance level, but they're out there as a freelancer or a solopreneur building up their own business. And what we have realized is that GrowGetter still fits those three categories. Definitely, it's someone who has an entrepreneurial spirit, someone who really wants more, sees more, who is ambitious but not uh, ambitious that's going to take people down, but no, ambitious yeah. <laughs> ambitious on the level of wanting to grow themselves um, on a professional level and a personal level. So it's yeah. also really dedicated to their own personal development. So they, they go hand in hand. You can't grow professionally unless you develop personally. So it's a very important kind of synergy for those two things. So that is our grow getter. And as we have gone along this process and as we have developed this over the last two years, we've also realized a grow getter and we'll go to this more, our grow getter is becoming even more niche <laughs> and and even more clear for us. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, the, the lucky thing for us is where we're in a position where we are also the target for us. We are, mm. we are our audience. We are our customers. So, um, you know, that, that helps a lot. We are grow getters ourselves. And, um, I think, yeah, women have really resonated with that and, uh, it's been a wonderful journey so far. The other term I, I want to explore is future proofing. So yes. talk to me about that. Where did that come from? And what does it mean? We, yeah, it's another good question, Megan. Wow. <laughs> you know what? I'm putting all my eggs in one basket here. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, it's a term, I think, in certain industries, um, particularly tech startups, you know, certain business industries. It's, it's, and when we say future proof, we mean that you are future fit, that you are ready for the future, that you are skilled up, you've got the goods and you have, you are prepared for anything that comes thrown at you. So whether it is um, a recession that might be around the corner or some kind of economic crisis, you haven't put all your eggs in one basket. You haven't put all your eggs in one career basket because you're a grow getter. So you've diversified your career or if you've got a business, you've diversified your business models or you're very, very adaptable and you're able to pivot very quickly or you've uh, found ways to monetize the skills that you've had and create this beautiful multiple income stream thing going on. I think that's what we mean by future proof. It's making sure that women stay smart and ready for the future in in a career sense, in a business sense. And I know that you mentioned that article or the articles and studies that you'd read that really inspired this, but I want to go back to why is future-proofing so important for women specifically? Yeah, you only need to look at the last 18 months that we've been living. It's clear that women and and arguably teenagers and children have been the biggest losers in this pandemic. You know, women have had to shoulder the majority of childcare, um, home duties, as well as working. You know, they've maybe been the first to go when companies have been making layoffs. And that that initial study we read from McKinsey that still tracks, you know. I think women particularly have a huge opportunity, but there is an imperative to to stay upskilled for sure. Um, I mean, it does apply to everyone, of course, but I think for women in particular, it's almost doubly as important. What do you think, Tiff? I completely agree with you, Tan. And I also, and I think, of course, Social media has pushed us to evolve, but it is happening at such a rapid rate. And so far, so many things are coming up. And for us to be adapting and agile and really, really looking for ways to future-proof your current situation, what do you want to do in five years' time, irrespective of which technology might take your job out, you know? So I think it's an interesting thing. I mean, Tan and I work as 
pretty much copywriters. You know, we're writing, we're working as content writers and plus other things. And so it's it's really apparent to us that these technologies are coming through and they're, they're making people redundant. And that's okay. That's a good thing because it really keeps you on your toes. It keeps you on your toes to evolve and grow because in our generation, that's what we need to do. So this is where future proofing comes. And it really, it's just a wake up call that it's important to kind of stay abreast of what's going on. It's, it's important to kind of be aware of what's going on. You don't have to be the, the master technologist, but it's just important to be aware of specific terms, specific ways of thinking, specific ways of doing business, specific ways of doing marketing. If you're a, a solopreneur or a freelancer, it, there are new innovative ways to do things and it's important to adopt those. Otherwise, you know, the ways between the 60s and 80s just don't cut it anymore. And so I appreciate your podcast episodes because it does touch on soft skills, but also new technologies and mm-hmm. things that we should be alert and also just thought provoking concepts and ideas about who we are as workers and where we fit in in those ways. So I really appreciate your content and how it covers a lot of different bases of all these things that we've been talking about so far. Thank you. In our pre-interview planning, I always, you know, email back and forth with people to ask kind of, you know, are there any topics you'd love to explore? And one that you mentioned, and I'm just going to read it here, is cultivating a healthy workplace culture that supports and actively encourages diversity and inclusion. And then we've got parentheses and promotes psychological safety. So how do we want to explore this? What do you want to talk about? Well, it's a big topic. Yeah, oh, totally. I, I mean, this could be not an episode, but a podcast series in itself. Right. Um, I think between us, we've worked in various places across a number of different countries now. And I think what we've learned in that time is that there are some cultures or environments where you as a person, as an individual, as a team member, just simply flourish where Mm. ideas are, you know, produce great ideas. There is no fear, like energy is boundless. Um, And when we talk about psychological safety, this is a term that was coined by a senior manager at Google. And they looked at, they did a big, big study and they looked at which teams were producing the most efficiently, creatively. And what they all had in common was they had these environments and leadership that was embedded in psychological safety. And it means when no matter which level you are in the business, you can question things, you can raise your hand, you can offer new ideas. Um, I think this is such an important thing. And when I've worked in places like that, it's just been such a valuable, memorable experience. And not only did my skills absolutely exponentially grow in a short time, but I just simply loved going to work each and every day. It makes a difference. Yeah, we spend so much time at work and you've got to be happy. You really do. And you've got to, it's really not about, I know it's cliched, it's not about ping pong tables. It is not about open bar Friday nights. It's not about casual Fridays. It is none of that stuff. It is about, you know, a a type of leadership model that really 
provides this sense of psychological safety and provides and cultivates an environment where people can speak up and where people can really produce and collaborate and work well together. So that is a really, really important topic for us. And it's something that we are establishing in Grow Getters, you know, between the two of us. And when we do build out our team, that is fundamental. And that that's also what they're, they're the kinds of skills, because I mean, not everyone is born with these natural leadership skills, but it's something that we also want to promote and educate through the podcast and through our club. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a really important topic. And I think, as we know, in there's been a huge trend in many Western countries, it's called the big quit or the great attrition, where people are quitting their jobs in the hundreds of thousands or millions. Because the pandemic almost, it just magnified what was already happening in people's lives. And people just thought, and people are thinking now today, this is just not worth it. And so I think it ties in really well with future-proofing as well because future-proofing is also about creating your own destiny. It's it's not about staying in a place you're not happy with um, because you're scared to leave. It is about being smart. It's about really creating different revenue streams, different business ideas, different business models. So you have a cushioning. So you have and and learning new skill sets. So you're not going to be left behind. So you're going to be professionally relevant. So it really all comes together. And I think it's so pertinent today. It's now or never for so many women around the world. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think that this topic is so important to us because We want to also inspire women to think, to stop, to reflect, to look, am I happy? Does this place serve me? Does this job, this role, what am I doing right now? Does it serve me? Am I in my happy spot, my sweet spot? We just recently published an episode called Ikigai, which is all about finding that sweet spot in your personal career life. And that is such an important thing because we have very little time on this earth and we have very little time in our lives and so of course it's important to pay the bills and it's important when we have responsibilities but there are smart ways of doing things there are smart ways to earn money and it doesn't have to be the slog so if you feel a little bit like what am I doing you know I think it's just important to inspire women to just check in with themselves and to look for the signs, to look for the signs, the wearing down signs, the, the signs of burnout, because I don't know about you, but I've experienced one. And I'm sure many other ladies listening to the, or gentlemen listening to this podcast have also probably experienced one and it's terrible. And it's, it's a big wake up call. It doesn't have to be your health on the line to make, kind of give you a wake up. So where this all kind of comes in this healthy workplace culture is really, really important to check in with yourself and say, okay, is the environment, is it the environment? Is it what I'm doing? Is it the, is it the actual output? Um, you know, am I, am I feeling fulfilled right now? Is it, am I getting, getting enough money for what I'm doing? Am I, am I paid for what I'm worth? Mm -hmm. Am I underselling myself? Just really big questions to kind of check in because there are new ways, there are better ways of doing things. It's literally just taking the time to stop, reflect, 
and um, plan out that next step. So it's really a super important um, question for us and, and one we, we do ourselves also. We check in with ourselves very often. And, and it doesn't have to necessarily be, sorry, in your career. It, you could be a solopreneur and a side hustler. I mean, even just yesterday or the day before, Tiffany and I were talking about grow getters and there, I, 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 I kind of came to one realisation, like I don't think doing X, the, whatever it was, is it really bringing us joy? You know, we have to not only make decisions that might bring in a whole lot of whatever, cash, money, revenue, but it needs to feel good as well because if it starts feeling like a chore or a burden, you're going to burn out. It's really important. It's so interesting though because as we're sitting here and you're listing off all these things that sound so amazing, there's still the deep, deep culture within me you know, from childhood and from wherever else that says, oh, that's so idealistic mm-hmm. or that's, oh, that's the dream, but, you mm-hmm. know, and there's always a but. And I don't know if that's the workplace culture that I was kind of raised with in America, in the United States, if it's me as a woman, that I, my life is to be sacrificial for the comfort and the well-being of others. And so even as I go, yes, all those things sound fantastic, it would be me going against my instincts to seek happiness and comfort and joy in my work, which I now have, I will say, for all my colleagues listening. Mm-hmm. I'm a teacher now and I love it, but I changed careers. And I went back to school and I went back and got my master's in something unrelated to my bachelor's. I got my, I did a whole bunch of stuff to switch and pivot but that was a huge undertaking mentally to make that to to pivot and so i think it was a it um it's hard when we're raised in particular cultures to say i'm going to really put myself first in the workplace mm-hmm. absolutely was there a point megan that you went okay i have to switch what i'm doing right now was there a point that was a turning point for you there were two points cuz i did the same thing <laughs> twice I and it and it didn't take much. I was in a cubicle working at a big credit card company. We don't need to name names in California. Hated it. So I went and I backpacked Europe. And then I said, "Okay, I've got to settle down and get a real job." So here in Munich, I started working for a startup website, doing SEO, SEM, sat at a desk again, typing into spreadsheets. And you know, my boss barely spoke to me and it was just cold and We had great, you know, we had a foosball table. We had free drinks. We went to the fashions party. We had a great time. And I am still friends with a lot of those colleagues from 13 years ago. We had a great time outside of work. But inside the walls of that office, it felt like I couldn't breathe correctly. Mm -hmm. It wasn't me. For my personality type, don't know if you met me. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't sit at a desk and type into a spreadsheet for eight hours a day. I just couldn't do it without any type of collaboration or personal fulfillment or growth. I just didn't see any forward motion in that job. Mm -hmm. And you're not alone. I think this is what the millions of people in the big quit or the great attrition are going through right now. And people very close to us are going, are going through this as well. Um, and I and I I totally understand that it can sound idealistic. We 
recently presented this very topic at um, Creative Mornings, and which is, yeah. A, Something here in Munich. It's awesome. Yeah. Here in Munich, and it's a global organization. Uh, the, the talk was shared globally, which was really cool as well. And because I think people everywhere resonate with this topic and uh, that we had a Q&A at the end of the session and a lot of the people that came asked the same question, like it sounds so easy, but it's really hard to do. And I think that's why we are very, very big, big advocates in doing things the smart way. We are not ever telling women and we're also not doing it ourselves. We are not quitting our jobs overnight to pursue um, a business that is in its early stages. I think you have to, unfortunately, the side hustling gig is a tough one. Mm. You know, it takes commitment, it takes dedication, it takes sacrifice. But I guess that's why we are grow getters <laughs> because it's it's about living a life of purpose and living living your values. So if it's if it's something you love and it's your creative baby and you're just it brings you joy, then it doesn't feel like work anymore. But it's we are big advocates in diversifying. So we are not at, we never would tell anyone to quit their job and pursue their passion overnight. I think it's actually the smart thing is to always have a few things on the go. I think mm. that is just we diversify our finances and our investments and we are living in an age today where more and more people are diversifying their career portfolio in exactly the same way. This is this is a very kind of interesting topic and one we can talk about for ages, I think it's important to note that smart decisions will help. So not kind of just doing a mass, the big quit. Of course, there is a big quit. And if you're, if you're supported, then great. You know, there are many options of doing things. There absolutely are. But it, it's about making those smart decisions. And, and I think just making sure you're checking in with yourself and making sure that you are finding places, people, networks to help those ideas fly and grow and that is really really important so we that's why we've also created the grow getters club outside of grow getters podcast to really help kind of those ideas gestate you know having sparring partners having your friends in business or your virtual co-founder you know it's very challenging to do things alone and we have that experience ourselves so when you're doing it alone and going it alone it's very challenging to know is this the right direction am I using the right strategy could I do more could I do could I do better with less effort you know there's so many things you can do and that's why the Crocodus Club was developed so um, out of that need from ourselves, but also from the women that were listening to the podcast, wanting to also do the same, create their own side hustle, create, create their own solo business, but not showing which direction or how to get there or what are the next steps. So that was the space why we created the membership business. With the Grow Getters Club, it just reminds me of a few conversations I've had with throughout interviews. Um, one in particular was about when you do decide to do something that maybe feels like it's not in line with your culture, what you've been taught to do growing up, to find like-minded people, to find your group who all believe in the same thing you do, even if it is opposed to what you were raised in, so that you can feel supported in the type of culture you want to create for yourself. Absolutely. And I believe that's what your intention is with Grow Getters. 
Yes, and and we're so lucky that our our club is is in beta. So we have a group of founding members, and they hail from oh, I don't know, Tiffany, is it eight or ten different cultures? So there are many many languages spoken between these women. Our common language is English, but we have members from all over Europe and Australia, which is really exciting. And why do they all get along? Because of what exactly what you said. I think there's a shared value. There's a shared desire um, to do to do something more. And uh, yeah, it's it's really really exciting. And another little exciting tidbit from the Grow Getters uh, camp is. This year we were very, very, very lucky and, well, we also worked our butts off, but we were... We can't forget that part. Every time we say <laughs> yeah. we're lucky... Exactly, yes. Right? Every time... True. I think we're always so lucky. We're so lucky. No, we worked our biscuits off. <laughs> <laughs> and we opened ourselves up to opportunities, right? Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were open, you worked your biscuit off. You you prepared yourself with skill building, soft and hard skills, and learned and were prepared for any opportunity to come your way. And tell us about the opportunity that came your way. Well, we are currently part of a incubator, so a startup incubator program. We were selected as part of Media Lab Bayern, which is all about innovation in the media industry not just in Bavaria and not just in Germany, but they take in teams from all over the world. So we were selected to be part of one of eight or nine teams and we'll be spending the next nine months really accelerating grow getters, accelerating the business. And the cool thing is every single thing that we're learning, we want to teach the ladies and the lovely humans in Grow Getters Club. So we want to share that knowledge and help others accelerate their side hustle or create new business models for their business or even or even enhance their personal brand, you know, or their thought leadership piece. So, yeah, it's super exciting. We feel very privileged and lucky, mm. you know. Sorry, grateful, grateful. Better word. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That's so fantastic. And so you're hoping then through that, it's going to fuel grow getters and provide for even more people. Are there any other ways that you want to keep growing with grow getters? Yeah, definitely. So the club right now is in its beta and it's going to go into a kind of beta 2.0. So we're opening the doors to our wait list and to our email list. So if you're interested in joining, please join the email list. (laughs) You'll find the link in the show notes, I'm sure. Um, Not to be too spammy or too salesy. Uh, Let's do the spammy part now. Yeah. (laughs) Check out the show notes. We're we're opening it up um, for 2.0 in November and it basically is the next, the next kind of cohort or the next group of women that we're going to bring in. And we're doing this really kind of really consciously to make sure that as we grow the club, so it's a premium digital club membership, but what we are doing is we're being really conscious about vetting the women that come in. So it's an application to come into the club and we're making sure that there is a real kind of consistency or, or, or that similar values because we need that to grow. And um, of course it's good to have 
people that challenge you and question you, but there generally has to be a good vibe and a good fit amongst the members. A diversity of skills, a diversity of backgrounds is really important for us. So we are really working on the Grow Getters Club in this next phase to see how we integrate the next group of women to, to come into the club to fit with our founding members. So it's really an exciting process. But there are there are great things on the horizon and we're very lucky to have the support of Media Lab Bayern to support us in this and give us the coaching, the resources, the input that we need because to create a business, you can, of course, if you've got really good business chops, awesome. But when you're working on your own business, it's even more challenging because you're constantly dealing with your own self-criticism, imposter syndrome imposter syndrome there there it's very challenging if you work on someone else's business you're a coach or a consultant or whatever it's sometimes easy because you're you're emotionally removed from that business you of course you're invested but you are emotionally removed it's not your baby but when it's your own thing it's your own side project it's your own solo solo business it's very challenging so you need that sparring if you want to grow you need to invest into something that's going to help you grow so either you get a coach or you get a consultant that can help you, an agency, or you join something else like a membership to help you kind of move move the needle, make it make it move. I saw Tanya doing some hand signals as you were talking like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I I was doing I was doing peace signs. I think it's so so cheesy, but yes. really our whole philosophy is hashtag collaboration is queen because it is just so much easier when you've got a group of supporting women mm. who they're not only cheerleaders, but you can actually spar with, like and collaborate with like real brainy, talented people with experiences of their own. So it's uh that's I think that's what makes Grow Getters Club really special. And uh, we are so excited excited to to open it up to the next phase. So yeah, if you want to stay in touch, you know, DM us on the gram and list. You can obviously join our newsletter, listen to the podcast. We're out every week, and Megan will, I'm sure, kindly put all the links in the show notes. Everything in the show notes, always. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tiffany and Tanya. I'm going to use the German version um, for joining Balancing Cultures. It was such a blast to talk about future proofing and women in business and grow getters and, and all of it. So thank you for joining me. Thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. A big thank you to Tiff and Tan for sharing their stories and sharing about the growth of grow getters. For more about what they do and links to their podcasting community, check out the show notes on balancingcultures.com. As always, while you're there, sign up for the newsletter for bonus content, free of course. And if you like what you hear and want to support what I do, you can leave me a tip through Buy Me a Coffee, link on the website. Thank you for listening. This was Balancing Cultures, and I'm Megan Kitchen. Megan Kitchen.